Hey, everybody watching on YouTube, listening to the podcast. This message today is going to be powerful. I want you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. And uh, I want to put this into your spirit. Kind of in line with the same thing I, I talked about in the last video, that uh, your faith doesn't have to be weak. And it's true that it doesn't, but it, you need to know more. Like, how do, you, how do you not have weak faith? How do you strengthen your faith? How do you stay strong in faith no matter what's going on? That's an important thing to know. Go with me to Psalm chapter 1, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put a faith injection into you today. Psalm 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Verse 2, But, hi, but his delight is and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper. Now I want you to notice a trend here. The Bible says that as, as a child of God, we are blessed happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Those are the things that are within our supernatural identification with Christ. And so, since the Bible says we are blessed, it gives a few stipulations. Uh, but the main thing I want to point out here is that our delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on His law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, the Bible, in other words, we habitually meditate Day and night, all the time. So you don't allow yourself to speak doubt and unbelief. That's one of the major keys I want to put into your spirit today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but faith is activated. One of the ways is by the words we speak. It's a spiritual law. And don't allow yourself to get to a place where you say, well, you know, if I want to be a if I want to be a Christian and uh, especially a word of faith Christian, which, to me, that doesn't even make sense. Word of faith is not a denomination. Word of faith is literally who God is and what he set up from Genesis part, chapter 1. He, he, he spoke it, and it was. So anyways, if we line our mouth up with doubt and unbelief, then we're still going to have what we say. But if we, if we choose to line our mouth up with, with what the Bible says, then we will inevitably have what the Bible says, whether it happens instantly or it takes a few days or, or months or sometimes years. But the, but the question is, are you going to allow the circumstances to, to cause you to grow weary in doing good and speaking God's word? Are you going to allow the circumstances or people's opinions or f the opinions of family members or just the circumstances in general to cause you to grow weary and begin to doubt if the word of God is really going to work? You have to decide within yourself. The Bible says, Psalm 1, I'm going to read to you verse 3 again. Here's what the Bible says. And you will be like a tree 
firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in every season. Your leaves will never wither and you will prosper in everything you do. So there's there's no such thing as a down season unless you allow there to be one as a child of God, according to this scripture and many others. No such thing as a down season. You could feel like the season is rough or whatever. But your feelings don't matter when it comes to the, the reality of faith. Your, your feelings are irrelevant when it comes to what's really happening uh, regarding your faith. <coughs> you could feel weak in faith, but that doesn't mean you are weak in faith. You could feel tired. You could feel like you're weary and doing good. Well, how do you fight against that? Go with me. Go with me to, uh, we'll go to Mark chapter 5 first. Mark chapter 5. And this woman with the issue of blood, go down to verse 24. This woman with the issue of blood, this is a powerful <coughs> principle of faith. It's a powerful faith key that in this, in this context, it applies to healing and receiving healing in your body and a miracle. And a lot of people need that. But this key of faith can be applied to every area of life. Listen to what happens. Matthew 5 and verse 24 the Bible says, and Jesus went with him and a great crowd kept following him and pressing and pressed him from all sides. So as almost to suffocate him. That's a lot of people. Verse 25. And there was a woman who had had a flow of blood for 12 years and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. Do you see how dramatic this picture is right now? Not only was she suffering for 12 years with constant bleeding, that's bad enough, but she suffered under the hands of many doctors, many physicians, and had spent all the money she had to get better, but she didn't get better. She didn't even stay the same. She actually got worse. That's a frustrating situation. Verse 27, she had heard the reports concerning Jesus. So faith comes right there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She heard the reports concerning Jesus. So now faith comes and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. In some translations, I like the way the New Living Translation says it. She said to herself that if she can just touch the hem of his garment, she will be healed. Not she might be, not she can be, she will be. Total confidence in who Jesus is and what he can do. Total confidence that not only can he do it, for for people, but he will do it for her. A lot of people fail to realize that. G yes, Jesus can do everything, but they fail to realize or fail to believe that he'll do it for them. I want you to know today, no matter what you're struggling with, maybe you're struggling with many different things at the same time, no matter what those things are, Jesus will do something for you today if you'll just let your faith be ignited and activated. And if you couldn't tell by now, I believe a faith injection an injection of the gift of faith is happening during this video where I, I, I'm my prayer is that as you watch this video, by the end of it, you come out of this video like a supercharge of the gift of faith on the inside where you're just ready to take on the whole world. And that's the that's what the gift of faith does. David slew Goliath by the gift of faith. Um, she had heard the reports concerning Jesus. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Verse 28, for she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I shall be healed. And immediately, 
Her flow of blood was dried up at the source. How fast? Immediately. And suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. Type it in the comments. Suddenly. Say it out loud to yourself. Suddenly. That's how fast the word of God works no matter what. Whether you see or feel anything happen in that moment, that's when it's irrelevant. Because the moment you sow the word of God from your mouth, it immediately goes into effect. Um, and that's where most people, <coughs> that's where a lot of Christians become weary in doing good. Is because they think, well, it's going to be awesome if it happens immediately. And then if it doesn't, they after a while they begin, be begin to question, am I doing something wrong? Is the word actually working? Where did I miss it? You know, it's valid to ask God if you missed it somewhere. However, you could be sure that, that, that you, you, you haven't missed it somewhere as long as you stay living holy for God. Don't live in sin and expect, you know, all this stuff to work. That's a whole different video. However, you stay living holy for the Lord. You stay seeking his face and you continue speaking his word. Don't allow yourself to speak doubt and unbelief. If you have allowed yourself to speak doubt and unbelief, if that convicts you right now, just repent and ask God, forgive me. I've been speaking doubt and unbelief. I repent for that. Get that right between you and God right now. And then by the end of this video, you'll be ready to take on Goliath, whatever's going on in your life. And Jesus recognizing in himself, verse 30, that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, you see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides and you ask, who touched me? She, <coughs> excuse me, still he kept looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened uh, to her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Go in, go in peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease or your sickness. So he said to her, your faith has made you well. And that happened again. She heard about Jesus. She said to herself, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And then she actually had to go do it. She had to press through the crowd and actually go touch him which I'm sure was an a embarrassing situation. She had to press through social anxiety or whatever to go and actually do that. It will cost you something to go and obey God. It just will. It will cost you discomfort. It will cost you risking and uh, social embarrassment sometimes to go and do what God tells you to do. My question to you is, what do you want more, the acceptance of other people or your miracle from God? What do you care about more? Uh, Walking in obedience with what God tells you to do or the opinions of the world. What do you want more? You have to die to that stuff. You have to die to, to any desire to have the world uh, agree or, or support or approve of your walk with God. You have to die to that stuff. The Holy Ghost is our comforter. So we can't just look for natural comfort and, 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 and trust that. You have to rely on the comforter of the Holy Spirit and do what God told, told you to do regardless. You have to, you have to face the risks of, of, of so being, being uh, socially unpopular or whatever the case is. You have to sometimes risk being, um, I, I don't know, disowned by friends and family 
in order to do what God tells you to do. You have to risk that stuff. You have to risk social embarrassment. Who cares? What do you care about more? What God has for you and living in the blessing of the Lord or people's opinions? Die to that stuff. Ask God to help you die to that stuff because that will hold back your faith. That will hold you in in a spiritual prison and in a mental prison for the rest of your life. It will. So die to that stuff. And so Jesus told her, your faith has made you well. How powerful is that? The same is true for us. Our faith, hearing about who Jesus is and acting upon that faith by speaking the word of God. That's how that's one of the ways that faith is activated. Faith is activated through what you say as much as doubt and unbelief is activated through what you say. Go with me to Galatians chapter six. This will be. The last scripture, as far as I know, Galatians chapter six. And um, I'm going to switch my version here. I'm going to go to the New Living. New Living Translation. And go down to verse 7. This is so powerful. Galatians 6, 7. The Bible says, don't be misled. You cannot mock God. You will always harvest what you plant. How often will you harvest what you plant? Always. That's what God said. And he said right before that, don't be misled. You cannot mock God. He will not allow his word or himself to be mocked. So when you sow the word of God, that's a version of sowing. And when it when this when this scripture talks about you will harvest what you plant, it's dealing with. Uh, a couple of things. It's dealing with when you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. When you sow to the spirit, you will reap everlasting life from the spirit. So you could sow to the flesh or to the spirit by what you say, by how you live. It's your decision. (coughs) But the Bible says that we will always harvest what we plant. Not sometimes, not only when you do the good things, you will always harvest what you plant. When you speak the word of God, it's a form of sowing the word of God. It's a form of seed sowing. And the same with speaking doubt and unbelief. So God will not be mocked. You will always harvest what you plant. It should put a fear of God in you to refuse to speak doubt and unbelief because you're sowing that. Don't be surprised by a harvest of unbelief if that's what you're sowing. And equally, don't be surprised by a harvest of faith if you're sowing the word of God. Verse 8, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Type it in the comments. Say it out loud. I live to please the Spirit of God. Verse 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. Never become tired of speaking the word of God. Even if it seems like all hell's breaking loose and the opposite is happening, never get tired of doing of speaking the word of God. Say what the Bible says about who you are. If you if you have pain in your body, you feel symptoms of sickness in your body, say I thank you, Father, that Jesus is my healer. And 1 Peter 2:24 says, "By his stripes I was healed." I thank you that I'm healed. That's what you say. I've had it happen to me like it makes it sound like I've been sick a lot. I haven't. But any time I've 
Since I learned this principle, anytime I've had symptoms or pain in my body, 100% of the time I have a fight in my spirit. And I'm like, no, I refuse to receive this. I refuse to accept this. Return to cinder. Return to the pit of hell. This doesn't belong to me as a child of God. You have a right to stand on that as a child of God. If you didn't know that, you do now. You have to have a fight in your spirit, man. If you don't have a fight in your spirit, no wonder you feel defeated. You have to get a fight back into your spirit, man. And you have to decide, come hell or high water, I'm going to walk in the blessing of the Lord. The Bible says I can have as a Christian. I refuse to walk in, in, in depression anymore. I refuse to walk in fear. I refuse to have sickness and disease. I refuse to stay poor. I, res- I refuse to lack. I refuse to see my family members go to hell. My friends go to hell. I refuse to go to hell myself. I refuse it in the name of Jesus. That's having a fight in your spirit, a refusal to conform to the, ra- to the ways of this world, a, conf- a refusal to forfeit the fight of faith over to to give the devil the victory. A refusal. Verse 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. It doesn't give you a time frame. It just says refuse to give up. Can I give you a tip that I've seen work in our own lives? If you will always sow, and what I mean by that, if you'll always, if you'll be continually sowing the word of God spoken from your mouth, if you'll be continually sowing good deeds to fellow believers around you and just to people in general, if if you'll continue sowing financially into the kingdom of God, if you're just constantly sowing, then you can be constantly expecting a harvest. And you never have to be concerned with how much time it's taking. You actually forget sometimes about the seeds you sow. I know I do. I'm thankful for the, the Bible says he gives seed to the sower and he multiplies our resources for giving. So we have to have an attitude of faith in that area. I refuse to be poor. I refuse to lack. I refuse to not have enough. I refuse And the way that I can refuse. The only reason I can refuse that is because of the goodness of God. And that his word never fails. I'm tempted to sometimes speak doubt and unbelief. Nobody's immune to that. But just as much as I teach you, I'm teaching you from experience that it's going to happen. Discouragement's going to try to come, and you're going to have to resist that and say, nope, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I refuse to be discouraged. When sickness tries to come upon you, nope, that's not my portion. I may live in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm a child of God. You have to have a fight in your spirit when it comes to this stuff. If you don't have a fight in your spirit, then no wonder why you feel weak. No wonder why your circumstances aren't changing. Decide from today that as a child of God, you're going to live in victory. You don't care what anybody else says or thinks. You don't care if it causes people to not to not like you anymore. You don't care uh, uh, about anything. You're going to have what God told you you can have come hell or high water. And it's going to come at a cost. It's going to cost you time and energy. It's going to cost you everything. Costs everything to follow Jesus. It costs everything. But what we get in return makes the price that we have to pay look look like nothing. Jesus gave everything so that we could have our supernatural identity 
in him and in his identity. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no depression. There is no poverty. None of that stuff. So we can have heaven on earth right now on this earth. That's what we're supposed to have. If you've never given your life to Christ, none of this is going to apply to you. You need to live a blessed life. Who cares about how, money you, how much money or blessing you have? Or even uh, no matter what else is going on in life, what does it matter if you were to die today? Can't control that. If you were to die today, do you know for a fact of where you would go, heaven or hell? Jesus is the only way. He died on the cross for your sins, and he loves you so much. The Bible says, for all have sinned and, 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 and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. So Jesus wants to be your Savior today. He wants to give you new life today. That's what, it, that's what happens. He wants you to start brand new. And in Him, all the things of your old life, when you give your life to Jesus, all the things of your old life die immediately. And you start fresh with the life of God on the inside of you. And then, you ha then you're on your way to heaven. And you can tell your whole family, look what Jesus has done for me. Give your life to Jesus like I did. This is amazing. Can't tell you how many people, how many testimonies I've, I've seen where, where people give their life to Jesus. And he just, he, he makes all things new. If you're addicted to drugs, alcohol, he breaks that off of you if you just allow him to do it. Whatever the problem is, Jesus is the solution. Give your life to Jesus today. If you've never done that before, or maybe you once did, but you know you're not living for him right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Give your life to Jesus fresh today. Say, Heavenly Father, I give you my life right now. I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that he is Lord and my Savior. Come live in my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your power. Where I was weak, give me your overcoming strength. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to say this loud and proud. I am saved. I'm a child of God. I'm on my way to heaven. And by his grace, I will never go back. I'm proud of you, and um, I'm so thankful for those of you who prayed that prayer. It's the first step, and now there's a lot to be learned. But what good does it do to gain the whole world and lose your soul? But if you prayed that prayer, congratulations. Now you're on your way to heaven, and now you can do everything else that I've been teaching in this video. Have a fight in your spirit that you're not going to tolerate the old life you used to live. You're not going to allow the old addictions to come back. You're not going to allow the old depression and fear to come back. And if you want to learn more about how to get that done, contact me and I can give you some advice. There's, there's, there's much to be learned, and I'm glad to help you learn it. I love you guys so much. If something helped you in this video, let me know. Contact me and let me know. Type it in the comments. Let me know that this helped you. I love you. God bless you. And I'll see you on the next video.